Well, so excited to be talking to you today about a core value that I believe every Christ follower should have in their lives. It's a core value of our church, but I believe it should not be just limited to our church. It should be, if you love Jesus, this should be a core value of yours. And that is generosity. We should have a value of generosity. Now, here's the problem with the word generosity. It's been hijacked. It's been hijacked to mean money. Linked. As soon as I said generosity, some of you are like, oh, here we go, a message on money. Wrong, not gonna happen. You're gonna get 90 seconds at the beginning and then we're done. Because I think we actually all know that if we have money, it, whether it be a little or a lot, we're meant to be generous as Christ followers. The widow's might story, when she, didn't ha- she had nothing and she gave all, and then the rich young ruler and the story where, where Jesus said, give it all away, and he said, sorry, I can't. So we, we all know that we're meant to be generous with our money. That, that's just something that, that's in us. What happens is we either choose to do it or we choose not to do it. So if you are doing it, keep doing it. And if you're not doing it, start doing it. There you go, we're done. What I wanna talk to you about is I wanna talk to you about what generosity means from a day-to-day biblical perspective in your life from when you wake up in the morning to when you go to sleep at night. What does it look like? The Bible says in Proverbs eleven twenty three, the desire of the righteous ends only in good, but the hope of the wicked in wrath. Now, what is wrath? It's kind of a weird word, but it means God's judgment against us that's not good, but we actually deserve it. What protects us from the judgment of God is Jesus' gift of salvation. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. Now, let me just stop there. Poverty is another word that has been stolen. Because as soon as I mention the word poverty or you read it, you immediately think of somebody who doesn't have a lot of money. And you say, oh, poverty, poverty, oh, that's a poor person. No, let me tell you, I would imagine, even though I've never met him, that the richest man on the planet right now, which is Jeff Bezos, who owns Amazon, has a lot of poverty in his soul. He might have more money than anybody else on the planet, but but I'm sure there may be areas where he's very poor. And this is what the Bible's talking about. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. This is a biblical principle that we're gonna learn today. And I'm I'm gonna teach you this because I have a responsibility for your souls. If I don't teach you how to be generous with everything that you have and all that you are, then I'm being an irresponsible shepherd. See, 3 John 2, one of my favorite verses. The writer John says, I pray that you would prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. God wants you and I to have prospering souls and mind and will and emotions. And, and whether we have prospering souls is determined by how we navigate generosity. The message version puts it this way. Now, I, I, as you know, I don't use the message for doctrine, for theology. I use it for flavor. It's just like putting some salt and pepper on, okay? 
Um, and some people are salt, some people are pepper, some people like way too much salt and way too much pepper. Uh, <laughs> the desires of good people lead straight to the best, but wicked ambition ends in angry frustration. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed and those who help others are then helped. So we have a choice. Do we want to be generous or do we want to be stingy? This is our choice. There's nothing in the middle. And I've noticed that, that most people who are stingy are small thinkers. They're glass half empty. Oh, I don't think we can do it. I don't think, I don't think it's possible. Uh, they also, on the whole, really don't like change. They like, and I, I don't mean like they, I mean they hate change. They're like, no, 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 don't change the box. I like my box, very comfortable with my box. I know where my corners are, don't change it. But people who are generous seem to see things differently. They see the bigger picture, they embrace change. I believe that God has, ever since Adam and Eve in the garden called us to have an expansion mindset of prospering in our souls. I'll tell you why. What, 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 what did God say to Adam and Eve in Genesis, Genesis 1? Have dominion over the earth and all the animals and then go ahead and multiply. I mean, he didn't say, listen, try and work with the animals as much as you can. The lions, <laughs> they're a little crazy. You might want to be careful of the lions. I tried, but hey, what can I do? Uh... And by the way, look, give multiplication a go. See if you can multiply. But look, if you can only, if you can only break even, let's just call it quits. That's not the God I serve. God I serve said, no, you have dominion. Some of you don't even know how to live like a dominator. You are dominated by circumstances and other people. And you don't dominate what God has called you to dominate. That's the key to generosity. It's understanding the command that God gave Adam and Eve in the garden. Isaiah 32 verse 8, a generous man devises generous things and by generosity he shall stand. When was the last time that you actually sat down, maybe husband, wife or by yourself and you went, I am going to now devise, come up with a plan to be generous and you actually wrote down a generosity plan you, and you actually have one. And remember, I am not talking about money. We, we, we're done with that. We moved on. If you're still there, come with us. How, how, how do we devise generosity? I think we struggle with devising generosity because we don't know what to use to be generous and then we don't know how to be generous. So I'm gonna give you tips today on what you can use to be generous and then what, how you use those things in areas of your life to be generous. The first thing I think that we have that we can be generous with is our eyes. How do we see things? When you're confronted with a circumstance, how do you see it? Proverbs 22 verse 9. Uh, he who has a generous eye will be blessed. Do, do, do you look when you see a circumstance of thinking, oh man, I, th I think I could do something about that. Or do you think, oh man, that's too big for me. That's going to need somebody else with a calling. I don't have time. Or are you or you're like, no, no, I think I can, I think I can do something. That's a generous eye. It sees something and thinks it can do something about it. We can be generous with our mouths. What comes out of your mouth and my mouth? Words. What do words do? They can kill or they can bring life. 
That's what they can do, two things. The words of the godly, Proverbs 10 verse 21, the words of the godly encourage many, which means that we need to speak life about people and we need to speak life to people. Unfortunately, we live in a world right now where I don't even wanna get on social media anymore. Like right now, I just don't because all I see is Christians tearing each other down. I see people post something totally innocuous and then somebody will say, well, if that's what you believe, then we can't be friends and I'm never gonna talk to you again. I'm like, where, where, where is that in the Bible? Where did you learn that? You didn't learn that from the Bible. That's just you and your flesh. There's nothing generous about your mouth when you say that, when you type those words. The Bible says we're meant to encourage many people. So are you generous with your words or are you stingy with your words? It's easy to be generous with your words with somebody who likes you. Do you know what I mean? Like, and they're just like a really nice person and they're always good to you, but it's, it's harder to be generous with your words to somebody who's just ripped you apart. That's tough. But this is what we're called to do. See, we're called to absorb words. I think, I think what we do is we forget our greatest example. <laughs> who's that? Who's our greatest example? Jesus, right? Jesus is always our greatest example in everything. So when people say things to us, we want to respond in kind. Is that how Jesus acted? Never once. Jesus on the cross, nails in his arms, sword in his side. And he looks down and he says with these words, oh, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Would you and I say that? After you've been nailed to a cross and you're naked and you've done nothing wrong, would you be like, Father, forgive them, or you'd be like, no, hey, get them. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord, so I hope you get them, because they just, look what they've done to me. Or would you say, you know what? Father, forgive them. See, ge generosity has nothing to do with circumstances. We, we, we've come up with that as a filter. Well, I can be generous when my life's going well or when it's under certain circumstances, but the Bible doesn't say that. Uh, the Apostle Paul was writing to the church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and he was talking to them about the Macedonians. Church in Corinth didn't like the Macedonians. They thought they were useless. They were like, yeah, they've got nothing. Uh, they never bring anything to the party. He says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters in Corinth, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They're being tested by many troubles. In other words, they've got a lot of junk going on in their life. They're very poor but they are filled with an abundant joy which has overflowed into rich generosity. These people were living in poverty, yet they were generous. That seems like an oxymoron to us. We don't know how to be generous unless we've got joy, but generosity brings joy. Well, listen, when I went to Egypt a few years ago, and uh, you, if you've never been to Egypt, you know, come on, on a team with us one day when we open up our teams again. Uh, it's an amazing place. You go to Cairo, you've either been to Cairo or you haven't. It's 40 million people with one set of traffic lights. No road rules. Like the, it, when you want to cross the road, it's like Frogger. Like you just keep going, don't stop, don't stop. Whatever you do, don't stop, you'll get hit. It's amazing. People there are incredibly poor. I get off the plane. We meet the missionary. We're walking down the road, one of the main roads of Cairo. And this guy's yelling out at me from a hundred yards away. Do you want some tea? Do you want some tea? And I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the missionary and he goes, what, what is he selling? What does he want? And he's like, hey, he just wants to give you a cup of tea. I said, well, why? 
And he's like, because well, they're just generous people. They just want to give you. I said, well, who is he? He goes, oh, well, that's Muhammad. Well, pretty much half the people here is named Muhammad. You know, and, and, uh, and, and he said that he's a great guy. I said, well, what does he do? Why is he on the street there? He said, well, you know, there's no parking in Cairo. So what people like him do is they just stand on the side of the road. And if you want to go and run some errands, then you just quickly hop out of the car. They hop into your car and drive it around the block until you're done. <laughs> yeah, how's that for trust? <laughs> That's not happening here right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, take the car, <laughs> take the car. I'm sure you'll come around the block. I said, how much does he earn? He said about $11 a day. This guy earns $11 a day and from 100 yards away, he doesn't know me and he's yelling out, can I be generous? Oh man. I, I, I really pray that everybody who loves Jesus would be generous regardless of circumstances. That, that we would be generous regardless of whether we think we're gonna get anything back for our act of generosity. But we just do it. Just like Jesus, Jesus. Jesus did something generous for you and for me. We, we, he didn't know what he was gonna get back out of it. He didn't know whether you would choose him or not. He just did it. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Before we ever accepted him, he did something generous for you and for me. That's the example Jesus set. So, what, how did he do that? Jesus did it by giving everything. Jesus never held back. He was generous with everything that he had and everything that he was. How about if, how about if we just stop looking at generosity as only something we can do with what we have? How about if we looked at generosity as something we can do with who we are? Do you think that would put a different spin on it? Oh man, I can be generous with who I am. Proverbs eleven twenty five: the generous soul will be made rich. He who waters will also be watered himself. You can be generous with your, your, your eyes. You can be generous with your mouth. You can also be generous with your souls, your mind, your will and emotions. If, if, you, if you're tired right now, if you're struggling with anxiety and depression, Start being generous today with your mind, with your will, with your emotions and, and, and allow God to just bring a refreshing to you. If you need to be refreshed, help somebody else be refreshed. Be generous with your refreshing of somebody else. How do you feel when you give somebody a gift? You feel amazing. It takes your mind off your own problems. And I believe that generosity opens up a whole new life for us. I think it, it opens up a way for us to live the way that God wants us to live. So what are some practical ways we can be generous with our eyes, our mouths and our souls? And, and I've got a list here and I'm going to go through all of these as, as, as quickly and expeditiously as I can this morning. You can be, number one, generous with your praise, with, with the words that come out of your mouth. Hey, listen, everybody does something well. Everybody. Think about this in your family or maybe even in your marriage. And you, maybe your friends at school. It's easy. Look, it's easy to praise somebody who's fun and who's good and they always give you, you know, good stuff back. But it's hard to praise somebody who's a pain in the neck to you. It's hard to praise somebody who's just said something nasty about you. But that's what the Bible says. 
be determined to use your mouths to be generous with your praise of other people. See, I, I think that generous people who are generous with their mouths, they understand one very important thing, that the difference between somebody being average and somebody being extraordinary might just be a generous word of encouragement. Maybe that's all they need. And they see something in that person and they're like, I think with a bit of encouragement, that person can do something really amazing. They just don't believe it in themselves. So I'm going to encourage them. That's what generosity looks like when it comes to praise. Be generous with your patience. This is another one. Uh, why is it that some people we can absorb a whole lot? We have a massive amount of patience and then other people we have almost no patience for. I, and I can answer the question for you because the people who have done nice things for you or are really fun and nice in your life, notice the trend here, it's easy to be patient with those people. But the pe people who rub you the wrong way, the people who say things and you're like, oh, just when I got over what he said last time and now he's gone and said that. You're like, oh. Showing patience is a great way to let people know that you truly care about them. You, you can know that I care about you if I ever show you patience because I was born with none. <laughs> Zero. Like any patience I have, it's from the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Well, that's it because I came out of the womb impatient. <laughs> you, can be, you can be generous with opportunities. Jesus was generous with opportunities. Jesus was generous with giving you and I opportunities we don't deserve. How about we do the same for other people? How about we create opportunities for others that maybe other people think they don't deserve? Wouldn't it be great if you could be generous with helping other people achieve their dreams? Well, imagine if every time you had a coffee with somebody, you said, that, hey, what are your dreams? And you said, how can I help you achieve that dream? Now, the person would probably be like, wow, nobody's ever asked me that before. But wouldn't that, imagine what a change that would bring to the world if you just, every conversation with every person you ever had, said, had was like, how can I help you achieve your dreams? How can I create some opportunities? Hey, listen, there's some business people in here and you can open doors for other people. How about you open those doors? How about you open some doors, create some opportunities, just give somebody a chance. That's being generous. You can be generous with the truth. See, it's easy to tell lies. And I'll tell you, I tell you most, people, most people tell lies all the time, okay? Here, I know, I know how I can get you to lie. Like I can, as a pastor, I can get you to lie in church. Do you know how I get you to lie in church? I just ask you how you are. <laughs> how are you? Oh, fine. Fine, fine. <laughs> and you're just lying. But you've got reasons for lying, so that makes it okay. Well, I'm a private person. Don't, don't like to share things. Well, there wasn't enough time. Couldn't bring context. Uh, no, I'm not comfortable talking to you about it. Don't know you well enough. You see, we go through the list. But at the end of the day, you still lied. <laughs> so be generous with the truth. It's hard to be generous with the truth. It's very difficult. Um... I think being generous with the truth reminds us of the humanity of Jesus. Think, can, can you think of a time when Jesus was ever, was ever 
economical with the truth. Can you ever think of a time when Jesus was asked a question and he processed and went, hmm, man, if I answer truthfully, that's not going to look good. They're not going to understand. Who are you? Imagine when he was asked, who are you? Yeah, man, if I tell them I'm the king of kings, if I tell them that nobody's going to have a future eternity without me, that kind of makes me sound like a megalomaniac. So I'm probably not going to do that. Um... He said, no, I'm the son of God. I'm the only one that can set you free. You, you don't believe in me, you've got no hope. That's being generous with the truth. The truth will set you free. Nothing else will. Be generous with love. Now, the, the thing that we need to be generous with love sometimes is tough love. We, we don't even know what to do about tough love. Look, you're not perfect, I'm not perfect. There's only one perfect person, we all know that, that's my wife. Okay. Let's be clear, okay? I'm a lot of things, but I'm not stupid. Here's the deal. We all have blind spots. We all have areas. I have them, you've got them, we've all got them. If somebody doesn't confront us about them, then how are we ever gonna know to fix it? It's called a blind spot because it's blind. That means you've got no hope of seeing it unless somebody else tells you. Think about Jesus when, when, he, when he, he healed the prostitute and he heals her and he says, and by the way, don't stop sinning. I don't know whether we would have done that. I think, we're, oh, that's mean. You don't want to rub it in. I mean, she's a nice lady. No, Jesus said, listen, I've healed you, but you need to stop doing what you're doing because that's wrong. Think about a time when somebody gave you feedback that you did not want to hear and you hated it at the time, but it changed your life. That's what Jesus does for you and for I. That's what happens in our prayer time when we're praying and we get the conviction of the Holy Spirit and he says, no, 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 you're off on that. You've got to change that. You've got to stop looking at that. You need to stop listening to that music. You need to start. You're swearing. Stop swearing. There are people swearing in church. I know you are. You get out of here and you swear. You kick your foot on a stone and you say it and you need to stop it because the Bible says no vile word should come out of your mouth. There's never an excuse for swearing, Ever. I don't care how angry you are. I don't care how much somebody hurt you. I don't care how much somebody did something bad to you. If you swear, you're, you are sinning. And I have to paint it clear for you because I've got to give an accountability for you. So that means if you know somebody and their mouth runs off a little bit, you've got to be the one to tell them. Hey, listen, I noticed you've been doing that. This is being generous. Be generous with your time. Somebody said, uh, time is money. But we need to, listen, whoever said that's a sad person, okay? Because we need to learn to be generous with our time to God and our time to people. Jesus understood that he had to give God time so that he could give people time. See, we have to be generous. We do like Jesus, you know, a long time before daylight, go away and pray. Mark chapter one. We need to spend time in our word. We need to be generous with the time that we give to reading the Bible and doing our devotions. Don't try and get through it as quickly as you can in the morning and check the box. Give it time. 
Be generous with your forgiveness. This is a very important one. You've got to, you, yeah, you've got to grab a hold of this one. Like, and when I say you've got to, like I'm, I'm not giving you an option because the Bible doesn't give you an option. So you really need to grab a hold of this one. After Jesus gave the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, he said this. So the very first verses after he said what the Lord's Prayer should be. If you forgive men their trespasses, the things that they've sinned against you, okay, then your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive men the things that they've done against you, neither will your Father forgive your sins. Let me, let me give you a warning. If you do not learn to be generous with your forgiveness to those who don't deserve it, you're going to have an eternal problem. And I don't want to have an eternal problem and I don't want you to have an eternal problem. And I know many of you have been wronged. I know many of you have been hurt. And, and if, you've, if there's one person, one person in your life right now that you're sitting in this building and you're saying, I just can't forgive them, then you need right now, power of the Holy Spirit, forgive them in your chair right now. Because if you don't, and Jesus comes back in 10 seconds, you're in trouble. I'm just being honest. So get it right, right now. Get it right. Ask for forgiveness right now. And I know people have been through tough times. Their family, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at here, their daughter was just uh, carjacked at gunpoint a, a, a week and a half ago. Do I think it's easy for them to forgive the person that did that to their daughter? No, I don't think it is easy at all. But I know that they have to be generous with that forgiveness. And I know the little person that happened to, you've got to forgive them. Do I think that's easy? No, it's not easy. Serving Jesus will never be easy. Forgiveness is never easy. But if Jesus, if Jesus died to absorb the wrath of God on my behalf and your behalf, through forgiveness, then that's what we owe everybody. We have to. Which is why we need to be generous with our lives. Oswald Chambers said this, a person's will is embodied in the actions of the whole person. I cannot give up my will. I just must exercise it, put it into action. I must will to obey. I must will to receive the Spirit of God. And when God gives me a vision, there is never a question of what he will do. It's only what I will do with it. <laughs> Many of you have got visions. You know what God wants you to do, but you haven't done it. You've got to be generous with your life. Listen, I've got so many stories. I wrote down so many and I'm, I'm just going to share one. It's also from my trip to Egypt a couple of years ago. And uh, I, I wrote down a journal in fact, I, I, have a, I have a wonderful, Mandy and I are blessed with such wonderful friends. We really are uh, here, part of this church. And I, I remember sending this to our group of friends. I got back to our hotel room and I wrote this down. I'm just going to read it to you as it is in my journal. We had dinner tonight with another young couple who just arrived in Cairo. They, just, like, they literally just arrived that day. They've never been on a mission trip before, but they felt God called them to be missionaries. So they signed up for two years with Live Dead to come to Cairo. They said, well, we just, God, we will walk through the doors that you open. And if you close one door, we won't go. And every door opened and here we are. We might be here for only one year or two years and then go back to our lives or we may stay here forever, she said. 
She's a reporter for KSTP in Minnesota. She said she was the most unlikely person to ever be a missionary because the very thought made her feel physically sick. But then God called her and her husband and they decided to step out and just do it. She's overwhelmed, but she's ready to embrace the next two years. It made me think of the many people I know who I wish would have the same resolve and process. Be generous with your life. If you'll understand that when you give your life to Jesus, it's not yours anymore, then you'll just be ready to do whatever He asks you to do. See, I know that God has a calling on each of you. I've said it to you many times, 2 Timothy 1.9, for God has saved us and called us. There's not one of you that Jesus just saved. He saved you and He called you. There's an eternal purpose for your life on the planet. You're not here just to have a nice life and get nice things. You're here with eternity in mind. And that means you have to live your calling. You have to be generous with your life. Then that's when you get the opportunity to see something amazing. When you're generous with your life, you get the opportunity to see the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit flow through you. And all of a sudden you can do things that you know in your own strength you could never pull off. God's idea of generosity always involves people being pointed to Jesus. Always. Generosity. It's all about God sending his son. What a generous act. It's all about Jesus dying on a cross. What a generous act. Which is why Jesus should always be the recipient of our generous worship. We should be generous worshipers. We should never look for opportunities to minimize our worship experience. We should look for opportunities to maximize our worship and say, you know what? There's a worship night at church. I'm going to be there because I just want the opportunity to worship Jesus because he, he showed me what generosity really means. I don't want our worship to become smaller and smaller. I want our worship to become larger and larger. If you need to be refreshed, and I just know that there's so many people right now, you just need to be refreshed. It's kind of hard. I think about our kids, what they're going through right now in school and, and, and some doing distance learning and hybrid and they're doing different things. And I know it's not easy. And I'm sorry it's hard. But can I tell you, you've got Jesus with you. You've got Jesus with you. And you just be generous with every moment of every day. And you'll be able to get through anything. You will. There's nothing you won't be able to do. You're going to do more than all the rest of us all put together. But it starts with our worship. In order to worship Jesus, you've got to first be in relationship with Him. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes because I want to do something we do every single service here. That is, give people an opportunity to come into relationship with Jesus Christ and be saved. What is saved? Saved means saved from an eternity, eternity, isolated from Jesus and saved to an eternity with our Heavenly Father. And there's only one way to do that and that is to accept God's free gift. You can't work for it. You can't do anything to make you better so that you're more worthy a recipient of salvation. You just can't do it. You have to come as you are. 
And I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. All I want to do is celebrate with you this morning. Nobody's looking around. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. And I want you this morning to either make a decision, if you've never made one, to say, I accept Jesus' free gift of salvation. I want to confess Him as my Lord and Saviour. I believe God raised Him from the dead. And maybe you did believe that one day and you turned your back on Him. And today's the day to come back. Today's the day to say, no, I'm coming back to Jesus because He was generous with His life for me and now I wanna live my life generous for Him again. And if you fall into any of those two categories right now while nobody's looking around, just lift your hand up and say, yes, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Saviour. I see your hand, I see your hand, I see your hand. Come on church, I see your hand, I see your hand. Lift your hand up and say, yes, come back to Jesus today. Come back to Jesus. Jesus loves you. He died for you. There's a purpose and a plan for you. And just lift your hand, I see your hand. Just lift it up and say, yeah, I want, I want everything that Jesus has for me. I don't want to live poor anymore. I want to live a generous life for Jesus Christ. If that's you, just lift your hand. Just lift your, I see your hand. I see that other hand. Come on. Here's what we're going to do while every head is bowed and every eye is closed and many lives have responded to Jesus this morning. If you raise your hand, I want you to pray this prayer out loud. And I want everybody who loves Jesus to pray it alongside them. And let's pray it like we mean it. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong. I repent of my sin. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Please come into my heart today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' Name, Amen, Amen. Church, can we stand? Can we thank the Lord for generously giving us a new future and a hope? Hope has a name. His name is Jesus. Oh,